0: you get your
1: attention up here please uh, my name is Amy Baca Oler I'm the Vice President of the Colorado Education Association and I'm just going to welcome you all here today and thank you for being here um it looks like it's now kind of stopped snowing <laughs> uh since we all had that awesome walk out in the snow um but I think it really is uh indicative of, of why we're here and it's because uh you know we will do anything and everything uh, to fight for our students, to fight for public education, and to ensure that every child, no matter their zip code, has access to a high quality public education. And <clears throat> there's really no one better than Dr. Martin Luther King to um, teach us those lessons of what it means to, to be a voice for others and to stand up for what you believe. <coughs> so we're really excited today uh, to have everyone here. I know the weather prevented some people from coming today. Um, but the right people are in the room. Um, We have this awesome opportunity to hear from these amazing students from Hinckley High School, Um, and so we're super excited for this opportunity, and we will also be doing a live podcast um, with two dope teachers and a mic, so we're very excited for that. Um, so you guys will all be able to listen to yourselves in a couple weeks here on a podcast. It's addictive. Um, but I also want to thank uh, Shish Kebab, who, that is a restaurant across the street that is our food. Um, it's a Syrian refugee owned by a Syrian refugee family. Um, and they actually weren't going to come in today because it was snowing, but they knew that they um, had this order to provide food for all of us and the students. And so they came in made this awesome food. And so just a giant thank you to Kebab and the family for being there for us um, and providing this wonderful meal. Um, so with that, again, welcome to the CEA, and I'm going to turn it over to Gerardo, who is going to kick us off with the uh, podcast and the panel of our great students. So welcome.
2: So good afternoon, everybody. My name is Gerardo Munoz. I am one half of Two Dope Teachers and a Mic. Um, wishing everybody a happy MLK Justice Monday. Am I right? Justice Monday. So as uh, as, as many of our faithful listeners, um, all, all three of y'all, uh, <laughs> will we'll, we'll affirm, um, we have dedicated Mondays to representing the justice issue uh, that matters to ourselves. And it's just a beautiful opportunity for us to, um, <laughs> we have a duck in here. <laughs> um, it, we're really happy to have this opportunity to um, to commemorate the life and the legacy of the ultimate justice warrior um, following today's amazing marade. Uh, so I want to go ahead and uh, Kev is not here. Uh, we miss Kevin Adams. We miss you, Kev. Uh, I prom- everybody, uh, get us on uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. And make Kev feel really bad for not being here. He's home taking care of, of sick family, so we wish them all well. Um, he is he is my better half on this podcast. I also want to shout out my family who's here in the audience. They don't like a lot of attention, but they're over there um, watching this happen for the first time live. So that'll be interesting. Um, So that's right. So we have a few uh, guiding principles, and with these outstanding young scholar activists on the the panel, I don't think this is going to be a problem. Uh, We don't cuss uh, and that goes to the audience too. Uh, we are a family friendly show and, uh, we also don't know how to edit. So, um, (laughs) so very important that, uh, that we keep that in mind. Uh, we do operate on a, uh, on a policy of anonymity for anybody who is on the show. So all y'all, um, if you would like to use your first and last names, you are welcome to, uh, we will not use your names. You can uh, when you speak and, um, and, and that kind of thing. Um, the third thing is we're always looking out for justice. You know, we get worked up about these justice issues as they play out in our schools, um, but we're always looking for how we can continue to be a positive force and be a moving force um, as we can do it. Um, you can uh, find us. We're everywhere. We're on, we're on Apple. Uh, we're on iTunes. That's what it's called. Uh, if you search us under Two Dope Teachers and a Mic, T-O-O, um, you can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Dope Teachers. Um, today is uh, is a really special day uh, for all of us who are in our communities trying to be a positive difference and trying to make a positive change. When I look at these young people I had an opportunity to speak with them before we started recording. Um, I was not nearly as active or conscious or dedicated or as confident as these young people are up here today and um, if that's not pre- that our justice community is improving I don't know what is so I just thank you all uh, for being the high schoolers that I was not uh, courageous enough to be back in the day so makes me think of uh, of the song from Selma uh, where Common says, uh, y'all walk with the torch, we gonna run with it now. Um, this is what I think about when I'm, when I'm here with, with these uh, young men and women. Uh, I'm gonna hand this over to, uh, I guess you're my guest co-host today, so. uh, Rashida Fletcher. Uh, Rashida is a mentor to these uh, young people and she'll be doing the primary question and answering. So uh, everybody give it up for Rashida, please.
3: So yes, I'm Rashida Fletcher. I'm employed by Goodwill Youth Services. Um, I'm at Hinckley High School, and so I'm a sponsor, founder, whatever you want to call it, for SAFE. That stands for Strong African American Female Empowerment. Um, we also have Tanya Ilela and Sybil Owens in the audience, and they are the founders of AIMS, which is African American Male Empowerment and Success. Um, and so we are so happy to be here with y'all and being able to tell our stories and let y'all know what's going on with us. Um, and so I'm just going to ask that starting with the males over there, we're going to introduce ourselves. Um, you can say a little something about yourself and then we'll get started. So. Um,
4: my name is Jayden um, I'm a senior and I've been in Ames since last year. Um, and I want to name this. Uh, My name is Casey Sharp and I'm a senior and um, I've been a part of the LANE, the Ames leadership. Uh,
5: Uh, my name is Peter Michael Ferdinand. Uh, I've been part of Ames since pretty
6: much it started. <laughs> my name is Isaac Jefferson. I'm a junior and I'm out of Enid
7: County. Uh, my name is Calvin Pope. Uh, I'm part of Ames and I've been a part of this since it started as
4: well.
0: Hi, my name is Paris Anderson Moon. I'm a junior at Hinckley High School and I've been part of SAFE since, <laughs> since last year. My name is Shaquell Morris and I'm a junior at Hinkley High
8: School and I've been a part of
9: SAFE since last year.
8: My name is Mia Johnson. I am a junior at Hinkley High School and I've also been a part of SAFE since last year.
9: My name is Tumia Wise. I'm a senior at Hinkley High School and I have also been a part of SAFE since last year.
3: Alright, so we're going to take one from each side. So if you can quickly describe or define what AIMS and then SAFE is for us.
4: of the ladies. <laughs>
2: there <Okay>. we go. <laughs> we started with y'all before, so that's that's good.
0: Okay, so Strong African American Female Empowerment is basically a group developed at Hinkley for um, girls, not not only African American females, but just girls in general, to come together talk about certain subjects that you know are uncomfortable to talk about normally with other people and it just gives us a safe place to talk about anything that we want to get off our chest any problems any solutions and just certain things like that it's just a good group for us to unite as women
7: okay so uh hold on what was your question <laughs> <laughs> just describe Sorry, and define what show. Ames is for us please okay, so, uh, Ames is a, a uh, African American male empowerment and, and success you know leadership team this is us here and uh what we basically what we basically do is well first let me start with we first seen a problem and we didn't quite see it but like our teachers and staff they seen a problem and uh, what we did is we said we're gonna to help you guys with that problem and that problem was with African American males not being successful and this and that. So we said we can either uh, back away from the problem or we can help and change and solve the problem. So with Ms. Owens, Ms. Aylayla, uh, Ms. Munoz and Ms. Fletch and them, they said we're going to we're gonna be you guys' a support team and you guys are going to help fix the problem in elementary schools and middle schools and leading into high school. So what we want to do is change the narrative for African American males.
3: Awesome. All right. So um, when we get to- into education, and we've all been in education all of our lives, right? So when you walk into the classroom or into a school, how do you feel you are perceived? And anyone is welcome to answer that.
9: Um, I personally feel like when I walk into like, any type of educational like, facility, I feel like they see me as I, like I have low education, like my education is up here, and they, like, when they ask me what type of programs am I in. If I tell them that I was in the IU program, and I, when I was a baccalaureate student, and like, oh, you know, very shocked and surprised. So. Calvin, how do you feel like you perceive
7: me? <laughs> uh, me, me, especially like where I come from and uh, how I look. Uh, my hair is kind of nappy, and uh, I got tattoos, and but people really don't understand like what type of student I am. They look at me and be like, oh well, uh, he's a gang member. He, he not smart Uh, all he knows how to do is play sports and different things like that and i do play sports but uh that's not all i am and that's not who i am and that's not just what that's not how i'm just described and that's what some people fail to realize that i am smart i am strong and i am black and uh some people fail to uh, understand that and that's how i am perceived when i walk into the to the like school or into a classroom um getting more
0: <clears throat> specific when walking into Hinkley or a classroom at Hinkley, I personally feel like the teachers see success within all their students, but I feel like it's the students around each other that kind of judge and put stereotypes against us. So when I'm walking into a classroom, I'm getting negative perceptions from students, not so much teachers, because you know they they look at us as regular African American people who don't get their education, who follow stereotypes, and you know. Yeah.
3: So when y'all are perceived in these manners, has it ever affected like your performance in the classroom?
8: I think for me, if anything, like I, when I get those stereotypes, kind of makes me, I do better to be honest because like people only, a lot of teachers, not all, but a lot see like, oh, just this black girl with an attitude and they, like Taliyah said, or, Calvin said they are so surprised when, how about how smart we are? It's like really offensive. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just, it makes me go harder and get better grades because no one prove proven wrong.
7: Yeah, I too agree with that. Uh, being said, like, you can't do something because your skin color or different things like that, it does make me go harder. But also, me being a male, you guys may not see it, but sometimes males do have self esteem issues. Mm-hmm. And when somebody consistently tells them, no matter where you come from, you're not smart, you can't do this, you can't do that. And some, sometimes inside it's like, uh, it. sometimes you it doubts you and doubt, you end up doubting yourself, like maybe I'm not smart, maybe I'm not this, maybe I'm not that, maybe I can't get A's, maybe I can't go to one of the top colleges, maybe I can't do this, maybe I can't do that. And sometimes that's what it leads to.
5: I feel like because there's such an intense uh, negative connotation associated with uh, being a black student in like America period, uh a lot of students of color would uh feel a lot of pressure to either like it can go one of two ways you could either be feel a lot of pressure to be successful or just be thrown way under the bus and ignore like because in the classroom even firsthand i've experienced like just being completely pushed aside and like ignored over like another student in the classroom that's of like a different ethnicity just because like I was a black student that had like a lot of questions. That's why, like that, that could also like, in- like affect the student like in a deeper level because like it can make them more, if it introvert, less outgoing, stop asking questions to further their education, and it can stop them from being successful.
0: I want to go off of what Calvin and you said is that. It does make you want to strive for greater things because, regardless of anybody's situation and their in their and and um, their social standpoint at school, if when somebody puts a judgment against you, you wanna you wanna go against it. So personally, throughout my life, I've had that growing up with a single mom who had me in high school. She she went um, and did her own thing and graduated out of school. Regis. As, and which is mostly white which is okay but she graduated sum cum laude so I had that support in having a strong woman to look up to and defy those stereotypes that are put on me regardless of where we were as a social in a social class.
3: Any other input? No? Okay. What?
4: Yeah. <coughs> Go ahead. <laughs> He's like I'm all in. <laughs> Um, I've never experienced from uh, teachers implicit bias or like um, another negative expectations from teachers. Um, I think it's because I'm from Ethiopia. I'm, I'm originally from Ethiopia, and um, African students, African immigrant students, are really successful. there. even though African immigrants, um, Black population are 13 percent, um, 25 percent of um, African nations or Black students are African immigrants in the Ivy League and the schools. So there's a positive um, expectation from African students. That I've never experienced from teachers. However, from students, yes, I have experienced I um, expectations. So, how um, an international Black graduate students and students sometimes are terrified that, I, that so there is. Um, well, I also agree with uh, Jedi because as you can see, all of us here sitting at the table are all different kinds of blacks. You know, Jedi is African. I'm, I'm uh, mixed with Black and White. Peter's a black, yeah, a Caribbean Trinidad. I, I black, Hispanic, Calvin's African American. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> African. But you know, you can't, you can't um, treat us different. You know, you can't treat me different the way you treat Calvin different. because like Calvin's different skin complexion. So if Calvin looks more black than I do, then I wouldn't want, uh, you know, to be to just have less, you know, conversation. Yeah, treat you. You wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to be. uh, Calvin wouldn't want to be treated different. I wouldn't want to be treated different because of our skin, even though we're both the the same race.
3: So um, Hinckley's makeup is mainly Latino and Hispanic, and so. This question is kind of regarding that. So, do you feel targeted as an African American student going to a mostly Latino, Hispanic school?
10: Uh, uh, I wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't look at it as as
7: uh, African American Latino. I'll look at it as uh, more like a low income uh, kind of the not not so much based on race because. Overall, uh, Hispanics, Latino, they've been through the same thing as we've been through. They're talked down, they're, uh, they're, they're said they're not supposed to be smart, they got to go through different processes to they even get into college, they got to they do as much as the same thing as we do. So I wouldn't say uh, that the, the treatment or something like that would be different between the both of us. I feel like we're all in, a, in a, the, towards the low income side and like the, you know, told not that none of us is going to be successful. So that's why we're all put at the same school, kind of.
4: Okay.
2: Let's go follow up to yeah. that. Uh, I, one question I always have, too, um, just given my background where I grew up, um, is where, like, how do, you, how do, if it's a school that's primarily African-American and Latino, like, how do those uh, communities interact with each other? At our school, <laughs> we will see some tensions kind of rise at some points. Um But overall, I feel like uh, I, I feel like it's a fairly positive relationship. But I guess what I'm trying to ask is w- what are some things that both communities can kind of learn from each other and, and how have you navigated some very significant cultural differences, even if your experiential differences are pretty similar?
0: I feel like both races, there's not a lot of coming together there should be. I feel like we would be more powerful as a unit, as a school, if we did come together because there is certain segregation, there's a lot of segregation when you actually do look at it, look at our school as a whole. Um, My personal experience is just looked at as well, girls, you know, there's a lot of drama with girls. <laughs> so with that, I'm a I'm an African American female, and then there's Hispanic females, and that basically takes up most of the school. So there is a lot of tension there. So I mean, there's not a lot of I don't, I don't see a lot of joining. Um, Just kind of living in their own, living in separate worlds. We're living in the same spot, but doing different things, hanging out with different people, and we all are going through different things, especially now with politics and the certain, the certain things have been brought up, uh, brought brought upon us. So I mean, there's that.
8: I personally, um, I think. Well, for me, the African American and Latino community, they, I think, we have. We have a good bond at my school i don't think there's too many too much conflicts but for us i actually have a lot of close latino friends and i i love them and i've been going to the same middle school elementary school and high school with all of them so i think we get along pretty well i mean like overall in general i think that um as young minorities could work on work together on the problems of bias against us and all that. But I think there's not a bunch of conflict. I actually, I like, I think y'all get along pretty
5: well. I uh, Going off of what she said, uh, I feel like we've come a long way because at Hinkley High School, we used to have a lot of race wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
10: yeah.
5: yeah. That, that was like, it's kind of like a negative perception of anyone like who hears the name Hinkley, they go, oh, mm-hmm. because they instantly think about it <clears> we used to have race wars mm-hmm. and things used to be like so bad. Like, we've come a long way from that, but we're still not where we want to be with, like, the equality. I, I Like, I think it's going to be, like, a good bit of time before we get, like, equal, equal. But, like, we're, we come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Away.
7: Yeah. From, from being in elementary school and middle school, there was a lot of uh, problems between African Americans and Latinos. Because I went to East Middle School, and there we used to fight on consistent bases. Uh, there used to be consistent uh, arguments, consistent uh, suspensions, and uh, expulsions. So uh, coming into Hinkley, I think it opened up a little more. I mean, we grew mature more as time went past and realizing what was actually going on like outside of school and in the world. And we grew up and I feel like the bond has became closer realizing that you know, what uh, we were fighting then but at, you know, we were young but now it's like we actually see what's actually happening and we actually see what in our community that we're facing the same things and we're going through the same things. So why sit there and fight one another? And you know, so now I don't see that much fighting and I don't see that much uh, tension between the two I see I see more bonding and actually uh, becoming more as one than uh,
2: being divided. And I would offer that that has everything to do with you all. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't something that can be done if the students aren't determined to um, to set that example of leadership and to be willing to, thank you, um, and uh, to, to be willing to reach across the divide and, um, and recognize that it's a similar struggle. So it, it's you all. You're doing it.
10: Mm-hmm.
3: All right. So next question, do you all feel that educators take you seriously? No. no. <laughs> no. Uh,
2: oh. The first answer is usually the correct one. Oh, yeah, right.
5: <laughs> so, uh, talk about that one teacher. Don't don't say the name. Oh, I'm yeah, yeah, gonna yeah. Say, oh, so, uh, so, so unless so the teachers oh, in the room wants to <laughs> wants to stand up and be counted. <laughs> so, so we mentor at. Uh, so we mentor these middle schoolers, correct? Uh, so, when we went over there, and we're trying to, like, because a lot of the kids are, like, negatively perceived in the classroom, even when they're not doing, like, anything interrupted. So, we go over there to mentor them, and sometimes we take them out of the classroom for, like, just a moment or two, just to, like, catch up with them, see what their grades are like. So, like, there's a teacher that just, like, really does not take our group seriously. Like, even though we're trying to do some positive stuff and try to, Make them less interrupted in the classroom, you know. Start doing their work, do their homework on time, everything. Uh, and she, she like as soon as we entered, like as soon as we knocked the door, she started yelling at us and just went off. Like, it, it didn't make that much sense to me until like I started like realizing that. Passive aggressive racism is so present.
3: Is so present. No president. Our- <laughs> <I> mean- <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is that too.
2: It, although that doesn't strike me as passive. That's that just strikes me as aggressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: like, like, like she, she was she was saying stuff that like it it's like kind, coded kind of made sense, but it was like. They're not doing it when we're in the like when we came in there mm-hmm. it, like it did, but the stuff she was saying did not make sense at the time yeah but like
2: but against a larger backdrop yeah, of stereotyping um, it, it made more sense yeah. okay.
7: okay one thing that really uh, made and this is this is kind of like an evolution but one thing that uh, interested me when I started mentoring in elementary schools is uh, most of my African American kids I uh, mentored uh, they were they're second grade but they were reading first grade books or they were in they were in third grade and they're reading kindergarten level books yeah. or they're not taking them as serious as other kids like there would be there would be uh uh white kids inside the classroom and they'll be reading fifth grade books and they're in third grade or there would be uh, black kids in the classroom reading in third grade reading second grade books and i'm like so why aren't you guys teaching them at a certain level why are you guys letting them uh, uh, read under their grade level mm-hmm. and different things like that and i'm just like maybe they're not taking us serious enough mm-hmm. so maybe and then that's when i tell them how about you go to the library and you get a fifth grade book right how about you go to the library and you get a chapter yeah. book? because yeah. obviously your teacher's not taking you as serious as i am you know and it's and it's hard to actually see fluent readers <laughs> they're, they're reading fluent but they're reading un, uh, at a lower grade level and that's what i'm like that that's where the problem is you're not taking them as serious at all mm-hmm. and even in my classroom uh, teachers would think I'm, I'm joking or i'm playing when i'm actually serious about what i'm talking about i'm serious about getting education different things like that and it just shows that they're not they're not even actually paying attention it's like in one ear and out the
2: other it's like that oppression of, of low expectations mm-hmm. those, those children are never going to forget you for that
3: so. Um, I'm going to ask Talia specifically to chime in on this question of, do educators take you seriously?
9: No, I feel like educators don't take us seriously, especially as an African-American student. Like, anything that we do is, is comedy. Like, we're entertaining. It's either we're entertainment or we're not, like, disciplined enough. It's, it's always something, something. Like, anything we do, like, there's a classroom that we go to, and Calvin, like, he'll open the door because, like, kids are being down ditch in our classroom. And it's like Calvin gets up to open the door, and it's like, Hysterical. The teachers laughing. The kids are laughing. Like everything's funny. Like what's funny? Like anything that we say is hilarious. Anything we do is funny. I just don't feel like we seriously. Um, I say,
0: I say no but personally for me, I said it straight when I walked through the door on the first day of school is that I'm here to learn and that education is my first priority. So being that you come into a school where some teachers do not take you seriously, I'm gonna put it up on myself to make it clear that I'm not here to do anything else but learn. So um, that's why we have the support system. That's why we have each other is if somebody else is not gonna take it seriously, we're gonna take each other seriously. So I mean, um, since it is a known thing throughout this whole table that we're not taking it seriously, that's what we do, and that's what I feel like we all should do: is you know set it straight from the very beginning and not let teachers or um, any type of people above us stop us from getting our education because it's very important. So if they know that you're serious, they're going to take you serious. Uh,
7: sometimes in the classroom, that's why some students are scared to ask questions, whether black or. Uh whether black or white or Latino, they're scared of that question because some teachers are like, you know what, I'm not like they they're not being taken seriously mm-hmm. and I feel like that's some like uh, they're held back in their their uh, uh, I wouldn't say chain, but I'll, they're they're held back because they're they're afraid that this teacher is not gonna gonna uh, going to help me or not take me as serious, you know what I mean? So that's why they're like, you know what, I don't know this. I don't know that I don't know how to solve this equation in math. So I'm not going to raise my hand because I feel like my teacher isn't going to help me or take me serious.
8: I um going off of what the first thing Calvin said, with the whole kids reading at lower grade, grade levels. I um definitely agree with him because my own little brother, he's in second grade and I know my brother. <laughs> He's a smart kid, but it's like he he's struggling in reading, but he doesn't get the help. They don't communicate with my mom or anything, but it's like they're so quick to email and call my mom the moment he gets in trouble. But it's like you're not saying, well, he needs this extra help or he's struggling. It's just your son's being bad, deal with it. But nothing said about his education or what he can what he can improve on, as far as academic,
7: just his behavior. In, in, uh, in elementary school, you guys ever heard the saying, uh, "Kids are like a sponge. Mm-hmm. They get every like they suck in a lot of stuff young. Like uh, if you if you take your kid to like a daycare and they're speaking Spanish, then they end up developing the second language. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that when you take your kid uh, to to school and they're supposed to develop these these habits as 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 a young age or develop different. Uh, learning experience experience at a young age to take it on throughout their life they're not getting that so that, that is, it's just kind of the same thing as you know well he's supposed to be reading this level book but he's not so he can't develop that he can't soak it in he can't take it and mm-hmm. take it on to the next level and if you want to move up in the levels, that's why some kids are held back or some kids are you know i don't understand this and that's why that's so many things and then also
6: I feel like educators or teachers don't take this serious because they have, like, biases against us. Like, for past uh, experiences with other African-American students. So even though, like, we go through the class and we prove them that we are here to, like, get this education and do other things, they always have that bias, like, in the back of their head, like, oh, he's not going to do this, he's still not going to do this, even though we do prove that we are trying to.
2: So it's like a constant, mm-hmm. yeah, constant, a constant having yeah, to just start the same battle over and over yeah. again. It's like, okay, I got through this class, now I got to get through this other class, so mm-hmm. I have to start over.
3: Yeah. So y'all have talked about like not being perceived as smart, um, not being taken seriously. Everything is entertainment. Like Everything you do is hilarious. Um, and so you have kind of touched on it, but can you further discuss the impact of various microaggressions that you encounter?
5: Oh, uh, Okay, yeah, so I went to a wedding the other day, right? Oh, just like in general, or just like you know, this in, is in story. general. <laughs> word, 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 schools exist in the world, and this stuff is in the world, right? And so I went to a wedding by UNC, like the University of Northern Colorado, and uh, like I don't, I, they're fun.
10: Yeah. What? <laughs>
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's up to it's up to you. We we are recording, so you might want (laughs)
11: to. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, so
11: <laughs> so
4: anyway,
0: so I mean, growing up as teenagers, there's a lot of adversity that we have to deal with, and certain people handle it different, especially in school. So being surrounded by so many people at at a time, we deal with a certain we deal with emotions, and as an African American woman, they look at us as angry, and we have attitudes and whatnot. So I'm. Um, my personal experience with microaggression within school is when I'm mad, and they're like, Oh no, she's just mad because she's black, or she just has an attitude because she's black. And I'm just like, No, I'm just really having a bad day. <laughs> that my skin color does not determine my mood. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll get certain labels like Diva or other other words although it's, um, so it yes. is
2: interesting to think about though because i do think that people of color have a lot of reasons to be mad yeah and so and so my feeling is kind of like if, if you're angry there might there might be a larger like question there that maybe would be a fun conversation to have mm-hmm. with students it's like man it he seems like you're mad all the time. Th- what's going on? Like you're all right, like that kind of thing. But it doesn't sound like that's the nature of the conversation. No,
0: it's not always. I mean, i i hold certain I hold certain situations close to heart because um, not all the time am I thinking about social injustices. Sometimes I'm just worried about getting my work done. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to be mad all the time. When it's time to be mad and when it's time to make a difference, and that's when I'm going to do yeah. it. But having a bad day because of social issues or just Adversity because I'm a teenager, yeah. um, that's just normal.
2: They tend to just racialize it though, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, I um,
0: agree with parents, not even with me,
8: like just having a bad days. Sometimes I just do not want to talk. Like, simple, I just don't feel like talking. And everybody's like, Well, what's wrong with you? Why do you have an attitude? I'm, like, I'm perfectly fine. I just don't want to talk. I just have my earbuds in <laughs> <laughs> So they just assume I have an attitude. Like, Okay, I guess. I agree with Mia because you know, typically, I'm a pretty happy person, and I'm a social person, but it's just like, you have one bad day at our school, and they just think you hate the world, and I'm like, I'm really genuinely having a bad day, and they're like, oh, well, it's because of this or this, I'm like, no, like, I'm just tired, leave it <laughs> they, like, they act like you can't be sad, everybody assumes anger but it's like we're black and we get sad too like oh any other human. <laughs> and everybody just assumes they're always mad It's we have other emotions than angry you know
3: <laughs> um so specifically speaking to my the females um excuse me <laughs> <laughs> um just so so for me personally um i have seen it to where like the stereotype of black girls having an attitude or being angry or being loud. Um, like some of the, the girls at our school have truly accepted that, um, mm-hmm. and so I don't know if y'all have ever encountered anybody like that, but can you kind of like, if you have, can you kind of discuss like what impact that has on them in the classroom or just in the school period? Um,
0: I say when we talk about certain topics. Um, when especially English, when we're, we're doing certain debates about you know racial issues, they kind of look at you like, oh, this girl about to pop off. You know, she's about to throw a bunch of attitude, and she's going to do this and this and this. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to have attitude just because we're talking about you know racist issues. And um, that's one thing that happens. That's some type of stereotypes. You know, black girls are always mad when we are talking about certain stuff, stuff like that people kind of put their guard up and they shield themselves so they know that you're going to say something bad even though you're really not.
7: Uh, I see black women as actually strong. Uh, looking at my mom and my aunties and different things like that it's like they go through stuff that is crazy mm-hmm. and uh, and even Latino uh, women like the stuff that they like their like walk of life is really hard and really crazy but to see success out of it is like wow like
9: you, you became
7: something, and you actually uh, went through this that some people can't even go through. Like some people can't walk in your shoes and then come out uh, the type of woman you are. So you know that attitude, even if they have one, is probably for a reason. So like it's not it's not always just just that. Just think about what they go through, and just to get through what they're going through is like. Okay.
3: Okay.
10: Thanks, like, God. <laughs> <laughs>
9: Thanks, African American female. Yeah. I feel, awesome. yeah, I feel like, um, like, it's one thing, like, when you're born, like, a female, you already have, like, something against you because you're a female. You're not a man. You're not strong. You can't run the world. A man runs the world. You can't, you don't have a voice at all. And on top of that, being a woman of color, an African woman, at that, like, African man, it's like, oh, you have an attitude, you now you can't speak up when you want to speak up. Like, you say something, you you always have a problem about something, you, you speak on it, if you don't say anything, it's, oh, you don't care, like, she just, she doesn't care, she's gonna let the door, like, boy, of course, like a mom, or like, like her dad, or if you, like, any, anything you do, as an African-American female, just, there's always something, somebody's always gonna have something to say about it,
6: so. And then also, <clears throat> I remember hearing this quote where it said, behind every strong man is a stronger woman, mm-hmm. and then, I really believe that, but not so much behind us. Like I see you guys as being beside us, being strong with us. Like I see women being, like if we could say that, I'd be like women in front of us to be honest. Like <laughs> might, things might be better that way. Yeah.
2: The applause hey. line. There you go. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so <clears throat> what is the relationship like between teachers, students, and parents, and what would you like to change? Um, well,
8: I personally feel like our te- like Between our teachers and our parents, my teachers only talk to my parents when I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to be failing something or I have to be talking somewhere for them to talk to my parents. So like, why can't they let them know when I'm doing good in the class or when I'm excelling in something? Mm-hmm. There's always, always a negative relationship between the two, which causes a negative relationship between me and my parents. It's like they're not helping
0: me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for teachers and students, I feel that it should be a priority for teachers to want to get to know their students individually cuz I know that they I know they have a lot in their plate and I know they have so many students but to get to know your student and to make that connection just makes learning so much easier in the classroom so then they're able to wanna to talk to the parents and tell them good things instead of negative things. Or if they're struggling, hey, your son or daughter, she really needs help with the subject. Maybe help her with her homework. You know, that that helps with the parent and teacher involvement. I feel like that's very important. And if with parent with parent and teacher involvement, that Build a whole student right there. I I feel like that's very important, and I would like that to change because you know at the school when there is certain segregation we're not all we're not all the way you know combined we all we don't always lift each other. If we at least have that, then we're gonna do okay. Um, I feel like student to student there should be more you know just lifting each other up, more support. Um, more gatherings, more more places to talk, more places to use your voice in order to change the things that we want. Because everything's not perfect at our school, and everything's not perfect in the world. But if we're able to come together and unite, then there could be a lot more changes. And that's the, that goes for everybody: teachers, students, and
6: um, adults.
7: Uh, and then. whoa lady slow down
6: <laughs> <laughs> we're just being strong
2: I'm not sure you want to tell them to slow down <laughs> I'm not sure that's the thing to say
5: <laughs> oh, Peter go ahead okay so I feel like some teachers like genuinely like genuinely like care about your well-being like Miss Shout them out in the room uh, so uh okay so <laughs>
2: teachers genuinely you were saying, saying you're saying you feel like some teachers genuinely care oh yeah
5: but other teachers like they don't like they don't genuinely care about me unless my mom comes in my mom, <laughs> when my mom comes into parent-teacher conferences that means business <laughs> 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 instantly as soon as like she starts talking because like you, like she's the lady that is at the football game sitting by herself. Oh my and You can hear her on the other side of
2: the room. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, and the, like the teacher happy. starts smiling a little bit more when when I'm mom going, comes I'm, in, right? <laughs> they don't
5: smile a little more. They get a little scared. It's <laughs> <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> it like that <laughs> fearful <I> mean, smile. <laughs> she gets, they get a little scared and then like. Instantly, the next day, they're like, okay, Peter, uh, what can I do to help you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, like, after the parent teacher conferences, sometimes the hands are shaking. It's like your best day. Hand. <laughs> <laughs> what can it be like? Who is this lady? Yeah, like, I feel like instantly, like, it stopped being, like, a negative connotation with me. And, like, they start, like, being like, oh, may- maybe he's actually, like, capable of doing what mm-hmm. he's saying he's capable of. Rather than just, like, them saying oh he's just one of those kids that just there's like like i feel like sometimes teachers see you outside the classroom hanging out with the people that are interrupted and stuff and they'll instantly be like oh he's just one of them Mm
10: -hmm.
7: i think some teachers to realize uh their students their community and their stories so like uh when when you get the education at Hinckley High School, it's not the same as CT. It's not the same as Creek. It's not the same as uh, some of these top. It's not the same as Valor. You're not getting the same students. You're not getting. They don't come from the same backgrounds. You're not getting the same. It's not. It's like the two different looks. And I feel like they fail realize that like uh, something would change at our school, and they assume like, okay, well, and I'm not saying lower the standard. I'm not saying that. I'm saying understand where I come from and understand what uh, what I go through on a daily basis mm-hmm. if you understand that then maybe we could you know you help me and I'm gonna help you mm-hmm. and that's, uh and that's, that's how simple it gets uh, our culture at our school is is great as it is what we come from what we go through is great as it is you know what I mean we're gonna we're gonna get things done still but when you try to change it to be something that is not, you can't change Hinkley to be Valor. It's that simple. If Hinkley wanted to be Valor, it would be Valor. You can't change that. But what you can't, what but what you can do is understand that this kid's story is different. No matter his race, no matter what he do, his identity is different than another kid's from Valor. It's different than another, and understand his story, and you help him through him, not you help him through. Oh, I'm trying to change him to be someone else. Help him through him, and help him become something, and 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 help him take on what he's been through. And I think that's what some teachers feel to realize is the story behind them, the, the kids. You know what I mean? All of us up here have a different story. Uh, if you had uh, ten other kids up here, that have a different story. Everybody's different. Teachers need to uh, relate more to their student and and not be so so focused on trying to change that student mm-hmm. to someone else. They need to change. And I'm not saying they, the teacher need to change themselves. I'm saying they need to adapt to each other. Nope. Yes,
5: true.
6: And then for oh, where you going?
10: Yes.
8: I for. <laughs> um,
6: yeah. Well, I want to take it back to way which
10: Chantel said, how um parents
8: or teachers are just so they're more eager to call when your the student is acting up in class, which is understandable but I've, it does make students and the parents feel good when you get a good phone call home. Cause I've had teachers not in a while, but I've had teachers call my mom and tell them I've been doing good, and it, it makes me good. It makes me feel good because it's like I see my teacher; they're proud of me. My mom, she's she's already proud of me, but she's even more proud, you know. And it just makes me feel good because it's like all of the hard work I'm doing isn't isn't going unnoticed, and it just. I just wish for more teachers to let let the parents know, like, don't only call for negative because there is positive, No.
2: Can I ask a follow-up to, to the panel on this? So um, you all are seem to be in total agreement that the positive relationship between teacher and student is really important for all of you. Um, does the ethnicity of that teacher matter to you, Does it, have you had that experience where um, where that has been a factor, both for better or for worse. I mean,
6: uh, does it? Dollar? My <laughs> turn. <laughs> She's like, I want to
2: speak on this. I want to speak on this. <laughs>
7: well, that's what I'm talking about. You go, girl.
2: <laughs> 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 Peter's learning in the room. <laughs>
9: it's like, off top, if, if the teacher is African-American and I'm African-American, it's like, there's going to be a click. It's not it's not like, oh, i will message you, are not black. I'm telling you, you No, know? it's just, that's, it's there's just like a mutual feeling like, okay, oh, you're black, you understand me. You know what I'm gone through. You probably work with other African American kids. Even you yourself, you probably have a background that's kind of similar to mine, so you know the struggles that I'm going through. So obviously, we come to It's a connection, it's good. You, know. you feel like it's
2: more naturally you can yeah, go to it's this like teacher.
9: Naturally with like a different race teacher, it's like we're kind of like two opposite people trying to come together. And it's like we haven't really tried to. Get to know each other, so it's kind of like, oh, I don't know, it's like, you know, so it's kind of like force, like you have to force it. Okay, let's drop everything that you're talking about. Your story doesn't matter, my story doesn't matter. We're here for this thing, but we have like a different connection with like an African American teacher. It's like they ask you more. Don't like, you know, it's just it's not like a race thing. It is a race thing, but it's not like oh, I'm being racist. Like I prefer an African American teacher, but it's just with an African American teacher. Things just seem to fall like more naturally forced with any other teacher. I um I agree with Talia. (laughs) 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 Um (laughs) (laughs) um,
8: but I've also like I've had some really good relationships with white teachers and but those are more because I've had some like
9: super pro-black
8: white teachers. Like more, a lot of black, no, I'm serious. like more than like more pro-black than a lot of the actual black teachers i've had or black anybody and with those kind of teachers i really appreciate because it it's like as soon as you get in the classroom they, they, they're the ones with like all the quotes <laughs> and they're like like they make it even i've had white teachers like kind of totally go against their own race and it's like no, those are people are wrong. It's all about black people, and it kind of makes us, like, I appreciate that because, <laughs> yeah, you're like, wow, you really, it's not only, it's one thing to, like, well, a teacher to say, I love all my students, and I'm not racist, like, okay, cool. but <laughs> it's like when you actually show it, you really appreciate it, and it makes us, well, I feel like it makes me more, more willing to get to know the teacher, and you do feel more comfortable with them and talking, and even learning from them. Because, like I said, I've had a teacher, a U.S. history teacher, say like, "This honestly, this whole textbook is wrong." But I'm going to teach you why this is totally wrong. Kind of, yeah.
7: Um, I think no matter no matter what race you are, if you're here to help me, then I'm in. Like, no matter if you're white or black, if you're here to help me, I'm in. But when there's when when you see people of your own kind, like Mr. Bala, Mr. Cunningham, then like you're like wow, like you're successful, and you want to be more, you want to be surrounded more, of, of, like you want to be surrounded by that more, and uh, just 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 being in that in that presence, yeah, I wish there was more black people, black teachers, and uh, black educators. But if you're white and you're trying to help me, and I'm you're gonna help me get to the next level, and you're gonna help me succeed in life, then I'm down no matter if you're black or you're white. Mm-hmm
0: i agree with both sides i mean <clears throat> throughout throughout education you kind of adapt to the eurocentric classroom and that's fine and it's like like i said before it's all about the development that you make that you have with your um teacher your your relationship i feel like that's important but you know when you do see um an african-american teacher or some type of you know dean, um, president, a principal principal or something, um, you kind of look at them like, I can get there. Cause all all throughout education, you just see you know white faces, and that's not particularly a bad thing because they did what they needed to do to actually be a teacher and teach you. And not not a lot of people want to do that, especially like in inner city schools. So we do we do appreciate that. It's just it's really cool to see those who went to school and was like, I'm going to get back to my community. People who look like me, because that that's really <laughs> inspirational. Because throughout life, all everybody above us, everybody um, who's doing bigger and better things and making the making the big money and those who are teaching us are um you know of european descent and um (laughs) and yeah we just really like we would like to see more but you know I can, I can adapt to it because I still appreciate my teachers because they did the, they did what they needed to do to come teach me. Mm-hmm. So like Calvin said, if you're here to help me, you're here to help me. So um, if you're here to help me be successful, then I'm going to be successful. So as long as they have that message in mind and as long as they don't look at me as an African-American student and think that I'm a failure, then I'm going to think that they're not a failure, that they're trying to help me be successful.
8: Um, I agree with parents and Calvin. Because I have a whole classroom full of African-American teachers, and it just feels like they're not for me at all. Like, they, to me, it's like they're trying to push this um, stereotype an African-American, like, you know, the ones that you see on shows and stuff, like the bad African-American. That's what they want me to be, and I'm not that. Like, I've had a teacher be super shocked because I have a dad, and he's an African-American. Like, <laughs> but then there's... Um, a white teacher and he's like pushing me to do better like in math and he's for me like he wants to see me do good so I feel like it's not even like about the race at this point it's about who wants to help you and, like who wants to put that in for you and another thing um I just feel like well oh, majority of our teachers through all years of schooling have been white so it's, I feel like at this point in education it's it's too difficult to even try to. Well, from a student's perspective, it's too difficult to try to look at the race because Mm -hmm. most of my teachers are white, so it's like really nothing. I probably had like six black teachers in all my years of schooling, and it's like there's not really space for bias or racism. I don't know
0: just like we're just trying to overcome race and as a whole anyway because i mean we're still trying to come together as a country and stop you know stop segregation personally and as a whole so i mean um i want to i personally want to see it but a thing like we just look up to each other i'm not going to look up to this person just because they're black you know that's what we do that's what we do do and that's fine but you know right now i our country as a whole is working on getting used to all these other races that's around so i mean I want to be able to be in a room like this and be like okay this person this person's white but they're doing something that i want to do that i want to do and that i can do this person's black and they're doing something that i want to do and that i can't do this person's hispanic and they're doing something that i want to do and that i can't do so i mean i feel like we just need to get past the race thing but it is important that we do see people just people in general be successful no matter the race
7: i think teachers are looked down upon like uh the the effort they put into their work and different things like that and I honestly think their payment should be more to to what they do. Uh, they, they put in hours and hours a day, hours and hours a night, hours and hours of helping and giving back to these kids. That don't have that help and different things like that, and I think they need to be more appreciated to at, at, at what they do. There's teachers that you know they. I think teachers get paid like once a month or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get, <laughs> <laughs>
10: they, get, they, get, they get paid.
7: They get paid. They uh, get paid. Monthly, but the amount of hours they put in that month mm-hmm. uh, is, is is more than forty hours a week. Mm-hmm. It's more than it's you know some people some even put in eighty, and some that coach put in you know one hundred and eighty. It's like,
10: <laughs> it's like they put If in you coach, don't think it's possible, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs>
7: they have it's like ridiculous how much how much they put into what they're doing, but it's only for the betterment of of uh, students. And I think some people look down on that, like they're just pro athletes that don't even come back to visit the school that they went to in their community, mm-hmm. and they don't give back to them at all. But then you got a teacher that came from college to say, you know what, I'm I in debt now because I want to help you, and this is what I took, this is my passion, and this is what I want to give back to you. So I think there's a lot of them I look down on, no matter if they're white or they're black, they're just like, you know what, and I think they do need to get paid more for what they do. I agree with
4: you. <laughs> I agree with you.
6: <laughs> agree with you. <laughs> all
3: right. So this is our last question, and um, I want to hear from each and every one of y'all. So we're going to start over here with Talia. Yeah,
2: we have to compete for comments <laughs> now. Okay. Um, every, everybody gets to have their, their
7: moment. So, um, what? You start from Jed? No, we
3: already okay, well. started. <laughs> um, so, what do you want educators to Houston. know about you? Um, I want educators to
9: know that, like, I'm smart. I'm here to learn. I'm obviously I can take on the tasks that you bring. Nothing is too hard, but like you know, teach it to me and I'll i deliver. Like
8: you know, yeah. <laughs> um, what I want educators to know about me <laughs> is yes. kind of what Talia said. Um, I am. It's not about color, and I I can I'm capable of doing whatever task. This Latino student next to me is able to do, or the white kid next to me. You know, it's not about race. Everything is not just the attitude. And please do not be so surprised at my intelligence. So <laughs> um, I want teachers to know that I'm not a statistic or a number. So basing me off my test scores and stuff
0: like that isn't helping me. It's not helping you either. Um, for me, I want teachers to know that um. I'm driven by success from both sides, from for me and my teacher. So when I see drive in a teacher's eyes, and I see the passion that they that they really want to teach me, that I'm gonna really want to learn, and I'm gonna really want to be successful in that classroom, and I want them to try to instill that, still instill that to me. So really, just not giving up on me if if I have a bad day, if you have a bad day, that we have each other's back, and that's pretty much that.
10: Uh,
7: I want educators to know that yes, I'm black. Yes, my is nappy. Yes, <laughs> really nappy. People, yes, yes. Uh, then you messing up my bro. speech, girl. Yes, uh,
4: besides
7: that I want them to know that I I I'm here to learn and I'm here to uh, be a better person, be a better person for my community. I'm here to give back just as you're giving to me. Uh, uh, that I wanna I wanna take the next step and and I wanna do the best I can to to become someone. To become somebody because I've been told over and over again I couldn't so if an educator sees me and I'm gonna let them know like I'm strong
6: <laughs> uh, I want educators to know about me that I'm not just a face and I'm not just a skin tone I want them to know me for who I am like in other words like almost a family because I know if y'all family were failing in school you wouldn't want that I want to help them get to that grade to that age and graduate, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I want teachers to see to me. Like, see that I'm falling behind or something. Like, give me that extra help to help Okay, (laughs)
5: Okay, Okay, uh, so knowing that my parents came from a third world country, and uh, they came from basically having absolutely nothing, like having to build a house from like, scraps and stuff, to like, where they are now, they both went to like universities, both got their master's degrees. And then uh, like, my dad, something that he always tells me is he wants me to be an even greater man than he was, and he is, and like that's something that's just always stuck with me since I was like five years old, just knowing that he's done so much and I just want to achieve even more. So I want educators to know that I'm capable and I'm determined. Uh, I want
4: educators to know that I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to whatever you guys wanna wanna throw at me and that I'm gonna take all the stuff that you throw at me and I'm just gonna put it into knowledge and be successful. Um I want you to, to know about me that to know that I think there's support, and that their support is important for me to get to the next level that I want to go to. So I wanna remind them that there is support is important and say thank you for this point. And I also want to remind them that um reducing the visual certification in the classroom will um kind of eliminate the negative bias
9: Oh, sure. yeah.
8: um, And I do just want to say, on behalf of all of us, we really do appreciate you guys coming and listening to us despite the weather in office and like actually showing you guys are paying attention, like looking at us like, and <laughs> 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 <it> like, <laughs> Feels good, It <with> really <laughs> <laughs> like, we did really appreciate you listening to us because it's not so often that our voices are, are, are being
9: able to. Hurt. I heard. i often that I Thank oh, you. Mhm. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, is open. for you guys to ask us any
8: questions? You guys.
5: Have or comments,
7: comments or anything. Comments. comments or any replies you guys need? Anything else?
11: Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no? I, I want a question. I, oh no, I, I I have a teacher voice. I don't think I can. Can yeah. <laughs> 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 everybody hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Hi. So I'm Ryan. I teach at um, Peak currently. Um, before that, I taught at Aurora West College Preparatory Academy from Chicago, taught 10 years high school. You guys just validated. I mean, I've been teaching middle school since I've been here the last five years, which I love them. Like, I can't wait to get back to high school. <laughs> <laughs> but what I heard you saying, and I'm here on behalf of AEA, which is the Aurora Education Association, is that you want people to see you regardless mm-hmm. of color. Yeah. You want them to be relationship. Um, And it has been proven in statistics and studies, even though we're not a statistic or study, but we can glean from that. I teach science, so I like data. Um, Students of color are relationship learners. Mm -hmm. So they are going to learn more and get more out of classrooms, regardless of the color of their teacher, if their teacher takes time to get to know them. And so it's very interesting that through all of this, that's what I'm hearing echo. Also, I'm hearing echo that asset-based focus Instruction, building on your positives, recognizing when you're doing good, and separating behavior. A lot of times, as a teacher, this is my 15th year teaching. The students that are having behavior issues are probably because they're not they're either not being challenged enough, mm-hmm. or they can't access that content. So I love that you guys are already aware of that. When you're talking about your little siblings who are reading below grade level and that you only get calls because of behavior, I want you to know that there are teachers who really see that and are trying our best, which is alluded to as well. But um, we need to fight on a big systemic um, level, like a state level, the way that funding, the education is funded. Mm -hmm. Those kids should be having intentional interventions. And I have to say, even in my own building, giving them an IRE, setting them in front of a computer and having students who are below grade uh, grade level study on iReady as opposed to a person Mm -hmm. who is geared. Like, I have middle school kids who are reading at the second, third grade reading level who do math at that level. But just sending them to a second, third grade teacher yeah. classroom is not going to be good for them psych- psychologically. But we need resources so that people who know how to teach mm-hmm. them, teachers of secondary education, are not trained as early educators. I, I'm. A, I don't I have a kid who's six years old who's struggling with reading. I luckily have money to provide a tutor because other than reading, I have a kid one kid that's gifted and one kid that's a little bit struggling. I don't know. If I didn't have resources, that kid would be one of the kids being called. Because he gets called right now because right. he is off task because he can't read. Everybody else can read. So mm-hmm. I just <coughs> that you guys that you keep doing what you're doing. I love that you brave the cold and that you embrace teachers and you see both sides of it. I love also that you realize that there's people of all colors. That if, if they're for you, they're for you, right? Yeah. Just be, so yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I just applaud you. <laughs> I love you all. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question. I'll speak loud for the recording. Um, one of the things we know um, is that we're going into a teacher shortage and we also know that a lot of times uh, school struggle to re- recruit and retain teachers of color. Um, are any of you considering becoming educators? And if it's something you considered, why or why not? I <laughs> <laughs>
10: <Okay>. uh, <laughs> uh,
8: I'm okay. planning on being um, either a kindergarten or a school teacher. <laughs> um, and I should take a class Pathways to teaching. And it, we're learning all about the teacher shortage. And staff class really pushed me to want to work with kids. Like there's people that don't want to impact kids anymore because like either they're not being paid enough or they just don't see it within themselves.
9: That's the thing. Lesson I, mean, I do I love fashion. I'm all about fashion. <laughs> I I love math too. I would be. I would actually consider being like a math teacher. But it depends on what what. Um, like what I am teaching like I'll teach like core one. That's like like the easiest. <laughs> you get too far, it's like way too complicated. <laughs> you can't really like you can teach math. Is there math
7: teachers in here? Oh, yes, Mr. It's hard to teach, but it's like I don't know. I wouldn't be a math teacher. Uh, I I love teaching. I love teaching, but I do it in a different way. I'll be some like a coach or some different some aspect like uh, that. Uh, I'll teach kids uh, like character, uh, uh, having good character and sustaining just s- sustaining that. Uh, but besides that, uh, I'll be like a principal or like a superintendent. <laughs> 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 I'm
10: as a special educator.
8: I teach two schools with autism. And now, just to be white, just so you guys you know also aware, probably, that special ed is where a lot of my kids of color mm-hmm. you know? yeah, yeah. So when you're thinking about teaching, please think about special ed because we also kick kids out of special ed because they're doing so well. So well and they yeah. have talents, you know, they have all this. Inside of this, sometimes a second language learner and just an excitement period, sometimes it's influenced outside, or things we don't have control over. So think about special ed because that's definitely an area we can use a lot more teachers.
7: One thing that gets me on that is uh, I mentor a a group at a, a school. And uh, we and uh, some of them are put outside of their their class to be set in a, in another class because they think that they're crazy. They think that they don't know how to act and different things like that. And uh, they actually they actually have potential. And the thing, like I said, teachers don't understand their story. Don't understand what that kid was going through at home. When I was mentoring a kid in the ele- ele- elementary school, uh, he was he was coming to school crying crying like nearly every day. Like you know, my brother's is is gang members and bring gang violence and this and that and my mom she's on this and that and and I'm like you know he needs he needs help and this is outside of education that's what and and education is a huge thing but with kids it's so it's so like like I said they're like a sponge like it's so uh, important that you understand that kid outside of uh, math and outside of reading and outside of social studies you got to understand that kid in his life, like, you know what I mean? like, And I understand teachers have been through stuff too. And once they understand that we are human and outside of like once they leave outside of school, like he loves coming to school so much that it's like, that's all he wanted to do. But once he leaves outside of school, it's like, he doesn't want to be home. He wants, he doesn't want to like, he just wants to stay at school. And that's what some teachers got to understand is, you know, these kids are smart and
5: these kids have potential. Something that we figured out like during our process of taking up the role of being mentors to these kids that we do like, being mentors to the kids at the school that he was talking about is like nobody hears them. So when we come, they tell us everything. <laughs> every <laughs> single thing. Like, like nobody wants to actually like hear them out, like see their side of the story. So they'll tell us every single thing.
4: Everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of
5: stuff. Yeah. So like just just like being an ear for them to listen to and like like kind of building like a brotherhood with younger kids that might not have a positive. Ro- male role model in their life not a positive female role model in their life like just being there for them just like Gives them kind of like stability like to really like be like oh someone actually believes in me and thinks that I could that I'm capable of doing something that I didn't even think I could do And it's
7: far more important than, than race like even at East middle school I seen a, a white kid a white boy. He was inside of the uh, hallway and he was uh, angry mad going off fussing and just me talking to him and giving him a, a, a little inspiration and, and understanding that you know he goes through stuff, too, no matter what color you are. And I just sat there and talked to him. And he went back in class, he sat down, and you could tell the smile on their face when they actually have somebody to say, you know what, I have someone here for me. Uh, I, I can, I'm able to access him. He's like a resource. And being able to be that at a young age and being able to help at a young age is really like, inspiring for myself
5: and for others because they can relate to us because we're we like just got out at that point and we're, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like not a distant memory like I mean, it's cool with like adults too because like i guess that's, that's like something that they could probably look forward to being like when they're older but like when you're just like right above them they're like oh that dude could act like <laughs> yeah he gets it. He, gets it he gets it he gets kind of, it in he's yeah, cool right
6: and then how calvin yeah. was saying uh some of the mm-hmm. students that we mentor are being like put out a class to different classes. Like I feel that's happening because the students aren't not so much paying attention, but like they're not getting it. Like they need more help. And then the teachers just see it as they're not paying attention. They're goofing off. So they're not gonna help. They're gonna give up on them. And then that to a kid, like in middle school, that's gonna like break down to them. Like they're gonna think about it like what's going on like this teacher doesn't want to help me I'm supposed to come here to get my education and the teacher won't even do that so that's why we have to be there to give them that extra push and talk to them about that because no one else is talking to them obviously with their um, having this attitude and like having like just this anger towards it that's how I felt. All right, so.
3: That? Um. No, we're ending. <laughs> so, anybody got a last question? <laughs> no.
2: Well, what we can do is we can. Uh, I'm sure everybody's gonna gonna linger around here for a little bit after uh, we're done recording. So that sounds possible.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um. So this is. So what I the thing that Calvin just said. Um just having kids have a resource um, and then seeing that child smile. Um, I think that this is a challenge because these students were brave enough to take up the challenge of trying to unite their own race and their students um, at their school and so I just think this is a challenge put out for y'all now that you have heard these conversations. Um, Be willing to speak out against microaggressions, against personal biases, against biases that you hear in your building, um, against anything that you hear that is not for these students because if you're for these students then be for them all the way. Um, So it doesn't stop here. Continues into your building or wherever you are, and these conversations need to continue to happen. Um, especially if we're going to get anywhere in the educational system is on that systematic level. Like this stuff has to keep happening. So, I just challenge you all to continue this on and just be as brave as these students have been. Because I mean, the work that they do is amazing to me. Their stories are amazing to me, and so that's why I come back every single day for them. So, yeah.
10: Yes. Yes.
2: And, and you can't see you can't see this but the, the young people are getting a uh, a standing ovation right now so that's a beautiful thing well deserved um dr king famously cautioned us against remaining silent when uh, there's injustice out there and i think on this day it's easy for us to look at that long shadow of the civil rights movement and say well we we can't ever accomplish uh, what they accomplished, but the first thing that needs to happen, and and so many civil rights leaders that are, that are part of the pantheon of social justice in the history of this country, um, the first thing is to raise your voice. And these young people, like I can tell, they still want to talk. They're a little bit, they're a little bit mad that we're done. <laughs> they they got, they're like, wait, I got more to say. I got more to say. And uh, and I, and I just want to encourage all of you, every single one of you, young scholars on this um, on this panel, to continue to raise your voice. Um, and, uh, and continue to just tell your stories, even when you don't think anybody's listening, keep telling those stories. Um, what better way to honor the legacy of Dr. King today um, than th- other than just like taking the day off and chilling and watching TV and stuff like that. You guys are here doing the thing that Dr. King would be doing. He, he would be 89 years old today. And uh, and it's just an incredible thing to think about how he may not be physically with us anymore, but his spirit lives on in all of you. Um, my name is Gerardo Munoz, the uh, one half of the Two Dope Teachers in a Mic show. Uh, get at us. We're on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook. We're pushing towards 300 likes. So if everybody in this room who hasn't liked us, liked us, we might get there. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at 2DopeTeachers. We'll be putting up some of the wonderful quotes. Calvin's looking over my shoulder, looking at the quotations I was writing down. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's like, am I on there yet? Am I on there yet? Oh. Um, and so I will be quoting a lot of you. Um, everybody, who's, uh, who, everybody on this panel, actually, uh, said something really impactful today. So we'll be tweeting out your thoughts um, with the hashtag, social justice is 2Dope. And uh, check us out, um, old school folks. You can email us two dope teachers at gmail.com. We do answer our emails. Um, after a while, it takes us a little bit. Um, but we just uh, we just thank everybody for participating in this and uh, and whatever it is that you do today and forward, stay dope.